That's YouTube's ass right there. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Hey, homies. I'm Katie. I'm Sydney. And this is Something Sick. I thought I said your name yet again. I always have Every that time. fear. Yeah. Um, that was a quote. Our opener was a quote from the final season of BuzzFeed, Buzzfeed Unsolved. Unsolved. But very glad it's back because yes. I've missed them. Yes. We watched. Well, Watcher just came back too. Yeah. yeah. Not Watcher. Are you scared? But it's a Watcher yeah. thing. Yeah. Love them. Yeah. Do we have anything new to talk about? About true crime or ghosts or. Oh, on Halloween. Yes. Um, Ghost Hunters comes back. Oh, and yeah. we can watch it all. I'm excited. Um, Destination Fear is going to Ireland. Yeah, I'm so jealous <laughs> of Ireland and Destination Fear. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we needed to talk about. I don't know. That was maybe it. Yeah. I think like all of our creepy shows just came back, which has been fun. But Yep. Trying to think of them. <laughs> Thanks, guy. Until, yeah. You just came back. Yeah, that show is creepy Wild. if you haven't seen it we watched quiet place one and two we did they were very we've we've seen the first one but we watched the second one and it was just as good yeah it was so really good everyone even if you don't really like scary movies it's a good scary yeah movie. you should watch it it's not too scary honestly yeah. all the spooky things it's not that many things but yeah yeah i don't think we really had anything big nope i think that was it just talk about all the stuff that we sit and watch instead of go out and do anything yeah, else. Yeah, <laughs> we're really boring, but yeah. it's fine. <laughs> well. Okay. I don't even know what Katie's talking about this week. It's a surprise. Yeah. I mean, I literally decided it earlier this week, like two days ago, actually, and just now did my research today. So Great. But I got it, everyone. Let's do it. It's spooky. Great. It's big. Great. It's Eastern State Penitentiary. Ooh, Okay. <laughs> So I'm excited. I have a lot of the history, a lot of, yes. I watched, well, I watched three ghost shows, tried a fourth one and there wasn't that much. So I have one bullet point about it. It's at the very end and it's lighthearted. So okay. that's how we'll end it. Cool. But yeah. Okay. Let's go. Let's get into okay. it. So Eastern State Penitentiary is considered the world's first true penitentiary. What does that mean? I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> it was designed to inspire penitence or true regret and remorse in the hearts of prisoners okay we'll get back to that in a second okay it is located at 2027 fairmount avenue in philadelphia pennsylvania mm -hmm. and it opened on october 25th 1829 so it's been almost open for 192 years wow yes it was designed by John Haviland. It was an and it was an architectural marvel because it had central heating and running water before the White House. Oh, yeah, and they had visitors from all over the world wanting to come and see it. Okay, yes, it's pretty messed up, but yeah. it had those things before the White House, so that is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I've never wanted to go see a, a jail that's like in use. Yeah, like. I People wanted to really go wanted see like to. haunted, like I want to go see like Alcatraz or like famous haunted ones because they're yeah. like famous, but yeah. like. This one is tied to Alcatraz a little bit. Ooh, okay. Yeah, you'll find out why later. You're just weaving a web of I know. connections. I know. <laughs> the Katie cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky universe. Yes. Yeah. So this is about their, um, what their, I'm trying to think of the word. I didn't write any word down for this. I'm not going to think. I have it. no idea. I have what no you're trying me to neither. Say. So I'm just going to read what I wrote because I also I wrote down because Eastern State Penitentiary is such a long name. I wrote ESP a lot. So, ESP. Yeah, it's ESP. Great. So their incarceration system was radical for the time and was called the Pennsylvania system or separate system, which encouraged separate confinement as a form of rehabilitation. Okay. Yeah. So the warden was required by law to visit each inmate every day, and the overseers were required to see every inmate three times a day. Okay. Basically, I don't talk about their cells in a minute. Everyone was in solitary confinement. Yeah. 23 hours out of the day. And then, like, they you get checked on a couple times, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They never... Eventually, they got to see each other, but... Yeah. Because they realized this doesn't really work. Okay. But, so... Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So... The other prison system that it was like 
in contrast to was called the Auburn system or the New York system. And that was inmates. It was that inmates should be forced to work together in silence and be subjected to physical punishment. So neither are good. Yeah, none of these sound great. Yeah, they're not. They're really not good. So Eastern States system of solitary confinement and the floor plan inspired over 300 other prisons worldwide. Oh, so now we're going to talk about it just a little bit. So the cells could only be accessed, access, access, access. <laughs> I don't know where I read that. There's, there was one word and maybe I'll think of it as I'm reading through this that I first wrote it down and I was like, I don't know how to say this word. And then I got to it later and I was like, oh, oh, I know what word. the word was cabinet. And I thought I read it cabinet and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> as I was researching cabinet. But anyway, the cells could only be accessed through a small exercise yard. And like every cell had its own exercise yard, like a oh. tiny little one. Isn't so there it? are no interior doors to the cells? Not at first. Okay. There was just a little small portal that was big enough for food to go through. Interesting. So in the middle of the construction, they realized that that's pretty impractical. So the cells were then redesigned to have like a like a metal door and then having a big wooden door that covers that to knock to like keep sounds inside of okay the cells but there was still just a door to an exercise yard but there was like padlocks on them so they couldn't like get out you know yeah so that's they're just really trapped in there they don't want them getting out yeah i mean okay valid but yeah (laughs) yeah um the hallways were made to feel a lot like a church with arches and stuff like your face was just shaking. <laughs> I was yawning, oh, but I was trying not to. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. Anyway, so they had arches like a church in the hallways, and the cells, the cells were made out of concrete with single oh. glass. And there were single glass skylights that were supposed to represent the eye of God that was always watching them. Yeah, because that they're totally getting that vibe when yeah. they're in the cell. They're like. That's not. That's God up there. That's God up there. He's watching me always. And there's like skylights in the hallways too. Some of them, like it's just. I would just be mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a skylight. Yeah. <laughs> I would not think it's the eye of God. Interesting. That's what they called okay. It. Uh, like I said, that there were individual exercise areas outside of each cell, and they had high walls so no one could talk over them. Yeah. And but like their schedule was always monitored, so no neighboring people were outside at the same time. Like they didn't want you to. Apparently prisoners were allowed to garden and even keep pets. I'm not really sure if that is true or how they would do that, but I read that somewhere. That would suck. Yeah. Just trapped in a little concrete yard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, maybe they just mean bugs. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) This is my worm. Yeah. (laughs) This is my spider friend. (laughs) Like Garrett Watson. Yeah. (laughs) Love him. Interesting. So. Uh, every cell had a faucet with running water and a flush toilet, but those toilets were only flushed twice a week remotely by the guards, but they did flush eventually. That's, I mean, that's good. Yeah. And there were like, I, pi- yeah. Are they not getting stopped up? Guess not. They got a really good plumbing system. Oh yeah. Better than the White House. <laughs> I was just imagining if you're currently on the toilet and suddenly all the toilets in the building flush at the same time you get sucked in (laughs) that's what happens when you sit on a toilet and flush it yep yep that's what happens in space right right (laughs) i don't know i'm just agreeing with you yeah thank you so there were also pipes that had the central heating and had hot water for the winter. So like, that's nice-ish. I mean, you yeah. know, they're trapped in concrete walls by themselves at all times. Yeah. I mean, especially if they have like, they have exterior doors and it's concrete walls. It's probably, especially in Pennsylvania, it's probably freezing. So yeah, it's probably good yeah. that they got that at least. Yeah. And the last thing I have about the design of their system that if prisoners left their cells, the guards would put a hood or mask over their faces and walk them around so that other people could not recognize them. And they showed pictures of them on one of the shows and they were very creepy. They're like, yeah. Like a hood, could they see out of it? Um, no? There were eye holes, but I okay. don't know if they could. I was going to say, okay, Stanford prison experiment. Yeah, it's very creepy. Yeah. So now I have like a timeline of the prison and it's kind of long, but figured why not history lesson yeah and it has a good 
like what they're doing today is pretty interesting. Okay. So we'll just dive into the history of this place. So in 1776, the Walnut Street Jail received prisoners for the first time uh, after it was built to help with overcrowding and poor conditions at the Philadelphia's Old Stone Jail. So there were a couple other prisons there. Mm -hmm. And then... Like 11 years later, in in 1787, the Philadelphia Society for Alleviating the Miseries of Public Prisons was founded, which was the first prison reform group in the world. And Benjamin Franklin actually joined that group on August 13, 1787. And the group is still around today and is called the Pennsylvania, cannot read, Prison Society, which promotes correctional reform and social justice. Okay. Yeah. Love that. Which I feel like they're actually trying. Good. Yeah. So in 1790, so three years later, the Walnut Street Jail added a penitentiary house, which had 16 single cells, and then an experiment with solitary confinement at day and night started. I don't have more information on that. Great. But they tried it. Mm -hmm. And then like 30 years later in 1821, the Philadelphia Reform Group finally was able to get the Pennsylvania legislature to approve funding to build Eastern State Penitentiary and this new prison was going to hold 250 inmates. Okay. So so clearly they liked whatever. Yep. They liked the solitary yeah. confinement. So four architects like wanted the job, submitted stuff for it, and a British guy named John Haviland won the commission and cool. received $100 for his design. $100? Yeah. But that was in 1821. So it's a lot of money. I'm Yeah. yeah. But it's like $100. Thanks, dude. And, Absurd. Yeah. One of the rejected architects, William Strickland, was actually selected to oversee the construction. But then a year later, he was fired. And John Haviland, the actual architect, was hired to direct the construction. So I don't really know why. But I'm just like, okay, why didn't you just hire the original guy the in dude, the first yeah. place? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. This one's for you. In 1826, the Marquis de Lafayette visited the unfinished <laughs> Eastern State Penitentiary. I was like, why is this for me? It's for you. For my Hamilton face? Yeah. Uh, on April 23rd, 1829, um, legislation identifying separate or, consol- or consolidated. I really am just <laughs> making up words today. Fun. Separate or solitary confinement at labor was passed. So they were saying, okay, you can do this now legally. Okay. Um, so the- they were doing it illegally before then, technically? Or no, there just but they wasn't think they were law just, There it. just wasn't law about okay. it, but they were just saying, okay, okay, here you go. You're getting ready to open. I think it's like, okay, they're about to open, so yeah. they need this. So the belief behind... Like to prove it's not cruel and unusual punishment, yeah. I bet. Yeah. So okay. the belief behind that this was okay was that a lot of the leaders in the government believe that crime is the result of the environment and that solitary confinement will make the criminals regretful and penitent. So, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, plans were finally final. Were finally finalized. Great. <laughs> I didn't even write that. Down. I'm just trying to ad lib a little, and I'm failing because I'm reading <laughs> the next word. The plans were finalized around this time in April 1829, and. They were just making sure that there was no way inmates could have contact with each other. And they also wanted to like minimize contact with the guards too, like with the prisoners. And um, that's when all of the hoods and masks were created so they couldn't see anyone or like know who each other were. Yeah. And okay. I mean, that makes sense now. Yeah. Their purpose behind it. Yeah. It's messed up. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Which it, it kind of helps, but also they still eventually figure out who's there. Yeah, like they're going to break the rules. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then fast forward several months, October 25th, 1829, it finally opened and received its first inmate. And I actually have the description that they wrote down of him. Charles Williams, prisoner number one. Burglar, light black skin, five feet, seven inches tall. Foot, 11 inches. Scar on nose scar on thigh broad mouth black eyes farmer by trade can read theft included one twenty dollar watch one three dollars gold seal one gold key sentenced to two years confinement with labor received by samuel r wood first warden eastern state penitentiary (laughs) so i looked up twenty dollars in 1829 today is 589 dollars Okay. And $3 was $88.49. So. 
the one part that stuck out to me was farmer by trade. Farmer by trade. Can read. But yeah. this was what, 1829? Oh, yeah. So it's like, that's not his trade. That's no. what you've made him do. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's not good. No. But yeah. And it's like, two year sentence. What's he going to have to do once he gets out? Like, yeah. Yeah. So it sucks. But that was the first inmate. Okay. So then two years later, in 1831, cell block three was finished. And then blocks four, five, six, and seven all started to be built. And those, so the first three blocks were just like single stories. And these next four were going to be two stories tall. And block seven was not completed until 1835. Okay. And also in 1831 still the first women prisoners were received okay so there were women there for a bit of time but they were like they never interacted with each other so they didn't have to have like a separate wing or anything right or did they still have their own wing i don't know i didn't see anywhere if they had their own wing okay but eventually the women were moved out and i wrote that down so i don't remember when it was but like they i don't know but obviously no one interacted i was gonna say i I guess it doesn't matter i was just curious i'm not sure i would assume they'd have their own Mm -hmm. place just easier yeah i don't know so a year later, 1832, the first inmate escaped. He was Fun. yeah. He was the warden's waiter, and he. Lo- I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I guess they had like just different Job. jobs. Yeah, they okay. just didn't see anyone else. Yeah. Okay. And he lowered himself from the roof of the front of the building, and then he was captured again. But Dang then it. he escaped the same way in 1837, and I think he was captured again then. Dang but it. But he tried it two times. He's like, it worked they the first time? They gave him the access two times. <laughs> that's on them. I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's dumb. Why would you let the guy that got out that way? You're like, yeah, let it? him have access to the roof again. It's yeah. fine. He's not going to escape again, right? <laughs> I always think it's so interesting that people can escape from prison. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, people, I guess people are just smarter and more like thought. Cunning. Like, yeah, that's where, like, then I would think that I would yeah. be in that situation. <laughs> but I would just be like, okay, I'll just stay here, I guess. Like, yeah, I would probably, I would give up so fast. Yeah, I'd be like, whatever. Give me a book, please. <laughs> like, but yeah, people like go to crazy lengths to get out. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, so there's several more escape attempts that I'll tell you about in a minute, Mm -hmm. but it's just so interesting. (laughs) And people don't even, it's not even like they all have life sentences. They just like, it's like your life. They still have time. They don't have that much time. Like, I know it sucks. Yeah. Like I know the, but it's like your life isn't going to be much better when you get out because you're going to be on On the the run. run. Yeah. I guess back then being on the run was probably a whole lot easier. Yeah. I don't, I'll tell you, there's just somewhere I'm like, they're, they find all of these people. Wow. Yeah. Except for one. I was going to say, I feel like being on the run back then was definitely way easier than being on the run now. Yeah. Now there's a lot of people. There's a way to get your Social picture media everywhere. And like yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. But yet they still haven't caught Brian Laundrie. I've heard he's either dead. Someone's helping him hide. Someone's helping or him. Or he's somewhere else. Yeah. I think someone's helping him or people he think he's got in out his of parents' the country bunker. They have a bunker? I don't know. That's what I heard someone told me. Okay. Anyway. That could be totally wrong, guys. I am not all that cut up on this. Anyway. But anyway, we're back to the timeline. Yeah. 1834. We have a long ways to go. Okay. But that's okay. It's not, there's not something for every year. So we're good. <laughs> what if there was? <laughs> 1835. <laughs> well, that's when cell block seven was finished. Great. <laughs> but 1834. Eastern State was investigated for the first time. Really? Their finances, punishment practices, and deviations from the Pennsylvania system were looked into. Oh, I thought you meant paranormal. <laughs> oh, no. I was well, like, whoa. No. It was investigated by like the government. The government. Okay, got it. <laughs> because I think for a long time i think like the practices of solitary confinement kind of went out the door pretty fast but yeah so two years later 1836 the original prison was finally like the original design was finally completed and it was 11 acres and had state-of-the-art plumbing and sewage systems and had 450 centrally heated cells and it cost about $780,000 and was one of the most expensive buildings in the U.S. at the time. And today, that amount would be about 22, almost $23 million. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a big building. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I saw, I heard on one of the shows, it was like, they built it to look like this. Like, it's like a castle basically on the mm-hmm. outside. And it's like, it wants to like deter people from committing crimes because they don't want to be locked up in there. Interesting. Yeah. So fast forward a couple years. In 1842, Charles Dickens came to the U.S. to see Niagara Falls, an eastern state penitentiary, <laughs> apparently. You know, yeah, an interesting itinerary. Yes. He wrote about it. Yeah. And he said, the system is rigid, strict, and hopeless, solitary, and confinement, and I believe it and its effects to be cruel and wrong. <laughs> Agreed. <Yeah>. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then in 1854, a full-time teacher was hired. So I guess some people okay. were receiving education. Good. And it was like the first full-time. I think that mm-hmm. they had more full-time teachers eventually. But So finally, something. They're doing Good. something for these people. Uh, in 1858, the most visitors in a single year visited Eastern State Penitentiary, which it was over 10,000 people that year visited the prison. That's insane. Yeah. Like not They're even like just visiting. Yeah, yeah. Like not visiting the inmates, no. but just visiting the Seeing prison. Seeing the facilities. Yeah. Weird. It's very strange. Uh, in 1877, four new cell blocks were added between the existing ones. So the layout of this prison is like, a se- it's called the central rotunda. It's like a circle in the middle. And then you can see down all of these hallways from, it's like, they're all like wings coming off of it. Like, is like it a like sun, a pinwheel kind, kind of? of yeah. yeah. And so they just kept adding new in between the mm-hmm. others, which is like, they were, they're going to run out of space pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. And then in 1911, cell block 12, so I hope to 12, was added between blocks six and seven. And it was very different from the other ones. And it had three floors and had 40 cells on each floor and no skylights and just a narrow window in each cell. Okay. Yeah. So getting darker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then no yard. Yeah, I don't think they had yards yeah. for that because there's three floors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in 1913, the Pennsylvania system of confinement and solitude is officially abandoned <laughs> at Eastern State Penitentiary. And yeah, it hadn't been happening really. Like they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. That. But they're finally like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Just so everyone knows. Just so we're clear. Yeah, so we're not lying now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in 1923, the female inmates were taken to a different prison in Muncie, Pennsylvania. So now they're gone. Mm-hmm. And then in July of 1923, the, an inmate named Leo Callahan and five others, all with pistols, scaled the east wall after holding up a group of unarmed guards. So this was an escape attempt. Uh, and like I said, during the 142 years of active use, more than 100 inmates escaped from ESP, but Leo Callahan was the only one never recaptured. Okay. All of his accomplices were captured again, but one of them had even made it all the way to like Honolulu, Hawaii. Oh, wow. Before getting caught. Yeah. So they got far. far. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they all, everyone but him. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then January 1924, inmates ate in dining halls together for the first time. They had never eaten together. Imagine that first meal in the dining hall. That would be so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tablecloths were approved on Sundays and holidays, and decorations for the holidays were a morale-building factor, they said. Okay. So now they're like, maybe group stuff might be beneficial. It might be okay. Might make them a little more human. Socialization. Yeah. Especially for the people that are going to go back out into the world. (laughs) Yeah. So... No, they're eating in dining halls. Okay. August 12th, 1924, the Pennsylvania governor allegedly sentenced Pep, the cat murdering dog, to life in prison at ESP. Uh, The allegations were that Pep murdered the governor's wife's cat (laughs) that she loved. And Pep was inmate C2559. But people aren't actually sure that that's why he was incarcerated. Uh, an article said that the governor donated his own dog to the penitentiary to increase inmate morale. Which, okay. Yeah. That would make more sense. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it would make more sense for it to be, like, a morale thing. Yeah. The cat murdering dog. Interesting. Yeah. So. You know, they give all types of criminals names. Even if it's a dog. <laughs> Didn't they? Ha- isn't there a mugshot of the dog? I think so. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That was his inmate number. C2559. Puppy. Yeah. So then skipping to 1926, cell block 14. I don't know if there's a 13. 
I they might have skipped it. That's what I'm thinking. But cell block 14, the construction started for that that year, and that was the second three story block. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's after that they were like, we don't have room for anyone <laughs> for any more cell blocks right yeah. here. And the original capacity was meant to be 250, and now it could hold 1700. So wow, it upped a lot. All these cell blocks. Yeah. In 1929 to 1930, Al Capone. That's our Alcatraz connection. Yeah. Is a Chicago gangster. If no one knows, th- no one knows that. No <laughs> one knows who Al Capone is. No one knows because the last time you might we- not know this. We're like <laughs> kind of different and like cool, but we know who <laughs> Al Capone is. I'm pretty sure in the Alcatraz episode, I said I. I used to get him and other people, Al Gore. <laughs> Al Gore. <laughs> and Al Pacino. <laughs> that one makes more sense. Yeah. I got them all confused as a kid. All owls are the same. Yeah. <laughs> got it. But anyway, Al Capone spent eight months at Eastern State Penitentiary. Uh, on August 20th, 1929, his cell was described in the Philadelphia Public Ledger as this, quote, the whole room was suffused in the glow of a desk lamp which stood on a polished desk. On the grim walls of the penal chamber hung tasteful paintings and the strains of a waltz were being emitted by a powerful cabinet radio. That's where the cabinet came in. <laughs> Great Re- cabinet. Yeah, receiver, uh, cabinet radio receiver of handsome design and fine finish. So his room was like de- burnished. And yeah. it still looks so nice. Yeah. I just remember growing, like, that's how I remember this place from like, ghost adventures or something yeah. growing up but that's how i was like al capone had a nice cell yeah like, i remember it too. yeah so i'll post a picture for everyone and when was that that was like in the 30s right 1929 so it's like why is all that stuff still there did they just put it back maybe or it's a replica i don't know okay but his actually i wrote it down somewhere else later but his cell had two skylights and was like bigger than everyone else so <laughs> why are they giving him like special treatment I know. but i'm pretty sure I'm trying to remember my Alcatraz research, but I think they moved him to Alcatraz because he was beating, beating, being treated so well okay, at that Eastern State. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure that's why they moved him. Yeah. But yeah. So. Cool. That was his, he was there for eight months. Uh, 1933, inmates started a riot over insufficient recreational facilities, overcrowding, and idleness, and they set fires in their cells and started to destroy workshops. And then in 1934, inmates began to riot about low wages. They yeah. short-circuited electrical outlets and started fires and did other things. And Warden Smith, who was the warden at the time, shut it down with a strong show of force. I'm not quite sure what that means. I'm sure it means a lot of guns. Yeah. But lots of violence. Yeah. Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> we love New Girl also. You guys should all go watch it until you find that reference. Shut it down. down. <laughs> okay. And then 1945, 12 men escaped through a tunnel and got out. Onto, Love a good tunnel. Yep. Got out onto Fairmount Avenue and 22nd Street. Most of these men were caught in minutes. Um, one of the inmates named Clarence Kleindenst actually had built and designed the tunnel because he was a prison plaster worker and he only had two years left of his sentence when he escaped. So that's the kind of Bruh. person I'm like, why don't you just And it's it like out, you dude? just added so much time. I know. I'm like, you were so close to get, I'm like, I know you would have been free if you got out, but it's also like, there's 12 of you. They're going to figure that out. Yeah. And also it's like, you just built a tunnel and like popped out on the street. You think no one's going to notice? notice? Yeah. Like right out in front of the building. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. After that, the Pennsylvania legislature recommended abandoning ESP that year. (laughs) That did not happen yet. Yeah. But then, like, almost 10 years later, in 1953, Eastern State Penitentiary became the state correctional institution at Philadelphia. But I think they still called it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. In 1958, the city certified ESP as a historic property. Okay. And in 1961, the cell blocks were finally desegregated. So they were segregated until that point. Yeah. So I'm assuming that means the women had their own blocks too. Yeah, then. probably. Yeah. Um, but also in 1961, an inmate named John Clausenberg tricked a guard into opening another inmate's cell. Not sure how dumb you have to be to get what tricked the into that. But then the inmates overpowered him and started the larger, largest riot in ESP's history. And <sighs> That so- guard... How do you get tricked into that? Man. How dumb do you have to be? Oh, my gosh. Like, he's an inmate. Why are you listening to him? (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Like you're literally putting bags over their heads at some point. Like you clearly have the upper hand here. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. I can't. It took several hours and took a lot of police, a lot of guards, a lot of state troopers before they finally got control of the prison again. So that was a lot. Yeah. And that riot started more discussions of closing the penitentiary. Yeah. Uh, in 1965, the federal government actually deemed ESP as a national historic landmark. Okay. So, it's like the government really values this place, yeah. but it's also like, we probably shouldn't be using it as a prison. Yeah. Like it's, we did a lot of, we put a lot of money into it, but it's not. <laughs> They're like, oh, we like, uh, it looks cool. Yeah. But like, <laughs> Not really. They're like, it shouldn't be used how it is now, but like, it's cool. It's, it was really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep it going. <laughs> so, January 1970, finally, Eastern State Penitentiary closed for good. Uh, the remaining inmates were sent to the state correctional institution at, in Greaterford, Pennsylvania. Okay. Not sure that's how you say it, but they were all sent there for the most part. Okay. I think maybe a few got sent somewhere else, but for the most part, that's where they went. But then 1970 to 1971, some prisoners from Holmesburg, which is a county, uh, they were moved to Eastern State Penitentiary because a riot happened at the county prison. Okay. So they were just like kept there, but it wasn't yeah. like a permanent solution. And then 1971 to mid-1980s was when Eastern State was abandoned completely for the most part, mm -hmm. the Philadelphia Streets Department used it for storage. But an urban forest began to grow in the halls, in the cells, and people would break in and smash the skylights and the windows. I hate that. I know. That's so dumb. Yeah. It's just like there and like. Yeah. Yeah. Smashing things is not cool. No. Uh, but a man named Dan McLeod was a city caretaker and he would feed stray cats on the property. He seems so nice. King. I don't know anything about him, but that sounds so Love nice. Love that. But it's just like, I would. I wish I could see it when it was like growing trees and yeah, that's stuff crazy. in it. Yeah, that's crazy. I think stuff like that's so cool. Yeah. And like in a city. Yeah. Like that's insane. So uh, in 1974, so that was like in the middle of that, uh, the mayor named Frank Rizzo suggested getting rid of ESP to create a criminal justice center. That didn't happen. Getting but, rid of it, like just demolishing it? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Seems like a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> and Especially when like, it's been deemed a historical yeah, landmark. And like the government is, they don't want to tear down this like, very expensive building. Yeah. It's kind of a waste. Yeah. It's really a waste. Yeah. In 1980, the city of Philadelphia finally bought the building from the state for over $400,000, which today is $1,331,000. But they so, got a bargain on it. Oh, yeah. They, they paid a lot more to build it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in 1984, now that the city had it, they transferred the penitentiary to the Redevelopment Authority, which wanted to use it for commercial uses. And in 1988, a group of architects, preservationists, and historians formed the Eastern State Task Force. And, but the mayor, Wilson Goody or Good, I don't know, wanted to, wanted the Redevelopment Authority to reject any commercial uses for it but then that same year group tours began of eastern state penitentiary Got it. yeah so they were like these people don't want to get rid of it. i'm like yeah. you're telling the wrong people because they just want to make it better and use it for something mm -hmm. good yeah so in 1991 the preservation and stabilization began of eastern state penitentiary and okay. they received funding from the pew charitable trusts not sure who they are pew pew p-e-w interesting pew <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> also in 1991 the first halloween fundraiser happened on halloween night to raise money for a daytime tour program and a few hundred people attended that first year but ever since then they have a halloween fundraiser and it used to be called terror behind the walls and now it's called the halloween nights at eastern state penitentiary but i think they do they obviously do ghost tours and stuff and i think they do have a bunch of different haunted Let's things go. throughout yeah it sounds scary for us, but I would do a ghost tour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, same. It seems so cool. That's but, really cool. Yeah. Uh, in 1994, Eastern State Penitentiary opened on a daily basis for historic tours, and visitors had to wear hard hats and sign liability waivers because it wasn't yeah. ready. Yeah. <laughs> and over 10,000 visitors came through in the first year. And then in 1996, museum exhibits were built and marketing campaigns started for the building. Attendance doubled after an art exhibit called Prison Sentences 
had received um, international recognition from like a bunch mm. of countries. Also in 1996, um, the cell blocks in Rotunda were changed into a mental institution for a movie called 12 Monkeys that has Bruce Willis in it. Interesting. And I looked it up and the movie is about a deadly virus wiping out the humanity and people having to live underground if they want to survive. Oh. Yeah. And like the people that started the virus were like like the 12 monkeys of something. Like it was like a group of people. I don't know. And they were called, they called themselves the 12, yeah. 12 monkeys. Yeah. Okay. But it's about a deadly virus. So that was not fun. No. Yeah. Also, Anything yeah. like that now is so it's like. like why did we say something yeah. like that? Yeah. Also in 1996, the World Monument Fund included Eastern State Penitentiary on its list of 100 most important endangered landmarks in the world. Whoa. So people really like this build, like really yeah, cherish cool. this building. In 1998, that's the year I was born. Nice. <laughs> um, Eastern State Penitentiary Historic Site, Inc. was formed as a nonprofit to preserve the penitentiary and open it for tours. And that year, also, the, the building was used as a Southeast Asian prison in a movie called Return to Paradise. Never okay. heard, seen it, didn't look up anything about it. Felt like that seemed pretty explanatory with the name and with the use of a prison so, yeah i don't know cool <laughs> maybe we'll look it up later <laughs> uh 2003 the 10th season of public tours began with an introduction of the voices of eastern state with an audio tour which happened to be narrated by steve is it buscemi i have never buscemi, buscemi. yeah he voiced this audio tour that's kind of cool yeah i kind of love that yeah and at that time visitors no longer had to wear hard hats on Good. their tours sick they still had to sign a liability waiver, though. I mean, that's typical. <laughs> yeah. In 2005, Cell Block 7 finally opened to the public for the first time. And then in 2007, ESP was open for tours every day of the week, every month of the year. So they are wow. always open for tours, to my knowledge. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, in 2008 was finally when visitors did not have to sign liability waivers <laughs> anymore. Okay. And then now we're at the last couple of things, but this is like the stuff I think is interesting. In 2014, um, an art exhibit thing called the Big Graph was unveiled in the prison's baseball diamond, and it is they have a, a baseball diamond. Apparently, okay. Uh, I didn't know that until I read this, but it's a 16 foot tall, 3,500 pound plate steel sculpture that illustrates three sets of statistics from the South. It's like from different angles. So from okay. the South, it shows the unprecedented growth in incarceration rates in the U.S. since 1900. Yeah. From the North, it illustrates the racial breakdown of the American prison population in 1970 and today. And then from the East, it charts every nation in the world by rate of incarceration and by policies around capital punishment. Wow. And it could be updated through 2020. So I'm not sure if they've updated it, but yeah. Wow. Go off. Yeah. Because... I've studied those statistics before for classes. Yeah. Some, they're very telling. Yeah. In 2016, a companion exhibit to the big graph called Prisons Today, Questions in the Age of Mass Incarceration opened, and it eventually won the highest award in the museum field, which is the Excellence in Exhibit exhibition exhibitions i'm sorry i can't <laughs> read these words an exhibitions award overall winner from the american alliance of museums wow and then in 2017 a new mission statement was adopted by the eastern state penitentiary historic site which focuses now on interpreting criminal justice reform and their vision is to engage people in dialogue and deepen the national conversation about criminal justice i love that same I was like not sure how I was feeling going into my research, and then yeah. I was like, "Oh, they're actually trying." That is, and they're so using cool. this building for like good things and like starting. Like, I don't know. It seems so. I want to go so bad now. Yeah, I'm just like, it's so cool. That is, I want to go for really the history cool. and for the ghost tour. Yeah, like, yeah, love that. Proud so, of them. I know. So because they really could like most of the time when like people take over like a jail or something. Yeah, I kind of expected them to like ham it up and yeah. be like oh this is what it would be like if you were in prison as yeah. if like so many people in america don't go through that like, yeah exactly so yeah cool that was a really long history of mm -hmm. this building <laughs> but i like where they're going we should all everyone listening to this let's all go to eastern state and learn about the criminal justice reform Party. and yeah <laughs> and go go sunning after that yeah so now we're just really quickly going to talk about some notable inmates and then talk about the hauntings great because that's why everyone's here Yes. But I just thought the building sounds so yeah. interesting. So obviously Al Capone mm -hmm. sent eight months and he was arrested originally for carrying a concealed deadly weapon 
and this was his first prison sentence, and he had a Park Avenue block cell, and he had fine furniture, a cabinet radio, and oriental rugs, and then there was Leo Callahan, the one inmate to Mm -hmm. ever successfully escape and he had been brought in for assault and battery with intent to kill and Mm, not a good person to get out and they were like if he's still alive today he could he would be over 110 years old so probably not alive today (laughs) so he's not alive yeah (laughs) (laughs) unless he's like seriously in hiding and he's like in a bunker and he's thriving he's like in my day (laughs) i got out of prison (laughs) living a life you know in a bunker no he's not alive no he's definitely dead uh, there was a man named William Francis Slick Willie Sutton. <laughs> he was one of America's most famous bank robbers, and he spent 11 years at Eastern State Penitentiary. In 1945, he and 11 other inmates escaped through the tunnel, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. and he was recaptured within minutes. Great. And he was credited with over 50 bank robberies, three successful prison escapes, and served more than 30 years in prison hey. until he died in 1980. He did a lot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A very accomplished life. (laughs) Lots of robberies. Never got to keep any of it, though. (laughs) Uh, Then there was Victor Babe Andrioli, and he was convicted of killing a state trooper and arrived at the penitentiary in 1937 to serve his life sentence for first-degree murder. In 1943, he escaped by hiding in a delivery truck that was leaving the prison, and he was, like, caught up, the police caught up to him within a few weeks in Chester, Pennsylvania, in a diner where he was shot and killed. So, yeah, he didn't go back, but he did not get to live. (laughs) And then there was Morris, the rabbi Bulber. (laughs) Bulmer. Okay. In 1942, he entered Eastern State Penitentiary and was serving a life sentence because he was a member of an arsenic murder ring in Philadelphia. That's so specific. I know. <laughs> he was called, quote, a veteran witch doctor and compounder of charms. And he was a leader of the group. And they worked with women who were willing to murder their husbands to collect life insurance policies. And they, the group was responsible for at least 30 deaths between 1932 and 1937. And there were 16 men and women convicted. And that I, is wild. I know. It was just like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, well, and it's like, that's like one of those things that I'm like, how have I never heard of that? That's crazy. I know. I thought you would think it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> when I wrote down, when I was reading, I was like, this seems interesting. Sydney's going to like this. Part. Yeah. <laughs> they killed at least 30 people within five years like that's so many that's really crazy and it was like and it, they said arsenic but i think it also that they use other things mm-hmm. but it's like but with a lot of women being involved it makes sense that it's arsenic yeah like exactly and oh women. exactly yeah. yeah but anyway bulber during his time at the jail his time he joined the jewish congregation in the synagogue there at the penitentiary they had a lot of religions mm-hmm. there and I, I didn't write this down, but there was like a volunteer that like really enjoyed him. And so when he died or when the, I think it was either before he died or the volunteer died, he wrote something about him. He's like, I pray all the time for him. I really love that. Like, he was like, I like that oh. man. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, okay. rabbi, <laughs> the rabbi. <laughs> but the last notable inmate I put down was Frida Frost. And she was a female inmate and she was transferred to Muncie Industrial Home for Women in 1923. And she was actually the last woman to leave Eastern St. Penitentiary. And she had been serving a 20-year murder sentence for poisoning her husband. Okay. <clears throat> Lots of that going so, on at the time. Yeah. There's a lot of women that were just like, I want money. I'm going to kill him. They also didn't have the opportunity to divorce oh, at no. the time. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Not a good solution. The arsenic ring was like, they, they had their niche market. Yeah. They really were capitalizing <laughs> yeah. on this. Yeah. So anyway. Interesting. Time for the haunting. Let's go. I hope no one just skipped to this, but if you did, I don't blame you. <laughs> I was gonna say I'll fight you. So oh, very Sydney's gonna reactions. fight you for me. So generic things about the hauntings, and then I watched a few shows. So eighty-five thousand people were incarcerated there over the history of the prison. Uh, there were report they have like written down records of at least one thousand four hundred prisoners. Mm-hmm. There, what? there could be more. Or Dying? deaths in general. Yeah. Okay. They're deaths. Yeah. So not as many with that many people coming through. Yeah. But a lot of them definitely were like old age. And like mm-hmm. they were just there for until it, they had life sentences. Oh, it yeah. wasn't like there was like no life sentences at first. And then as those became more, they were like, yeah. you're only getting out of here if you're in a box. Like, yeah. 
that's what they said on like ghost adventures or something and i was like jeez yeah so not surprising that that was ghost adventures that tracks no yeah so the the penitentiary had a lot of different areas they had a hospital a psychiatric ward and the prison so lots of people were dying uh torture was used in the prison after solitary confinement and a couple of the things like when it was winter months they would take inmates out to the wall outside and like chain them up and then pour ice cold water on them and then this torture device sounds so gross there was well okay never mind there was one that was called the mad chair and they would just leave you tied up to this chair tightly for like days Mm -hmm. um but this one's the worst it was called the iron gag and it would like trap your tongue with this thing and it it would be chained to your hands behind your back it's so gross so no yeah so about the hauntings generic things are like people have been pushed scratched chased by shadows sea guards like yeah sea prisoner like it's just a bunch of that stuff al capone has even people say that he thought his cell was haunted at the time and some guards would report like hearing him screaming or talking at something in his cell so yeah so either he was haunted or he was going crazy yeah (laughs) he's only there for eight months so it was his first time in prison yeah it's very interesting Mm -hmm. if he was going crazy so the three shows i watched portals to hell ghost adventures and ghost hunters the og i was so excited that i got to watch one of those so portals to hell has destination fear been there no, no. they have not been there. i thought they had for some reason they have not been there i don't think right yeah i don't think they've been there i'm pretty positive they haven't but i want to do one that they've been to for halloween mm-hmm. so get ready great yeah so on go on portals to hell they had a guy like come to them and he was just like, I need to warn you guys so people don't make the same mistakes I did, which mm-hmm. seems really spooky. But he came for a ghost tour once and they were in cell block one and he was alone in one of the cells and he felt something on his back and he just thought it was the wall. And as he like turned, he heard a child's giggle and then he heard someone else say, watch your back. Ew. And then he turned back towards the closed door and saw like a dark face and two eyes. And he said that he had been like a skeptic. Yeah. And then later on the tour someone did you see something no okay <laughs> sorry you can't do it when i'm talking about this stuff um later one of the tour guides showed him a picture of the inmates masks and hoods and he was like oh. that's what i saw ew so it's that's that. really creepy yeah so then the people katrina jack all their producers on the show were given a tour and within 20 30 seconds the audio stopped working and i could Mm -hmm. you could see one of the producers they like have their producers on camera a lot and they were like you could already see this woman going the audio's not like she immediately could tell it wasn't working and so that was weird and then they went to like the central rotunda where you could see all the cell blocks and they say pretty much on every single one you can see people walking and shadow figures people have been grabbed like every single one has different stories and they went down to cell block one had some emf spikes and then they say that a lot of people in that cell block have, like, they report feelings of pressure on their chest and shortness of breath in a lot of the cells. And then they went to cell block three, the hospital, which they said hadn't been investigated before. But I don't know that that's true. Maybe that guy just didn't know. Because I think they mm-hmm. went to it on Ghost Adventures yeah. and they went a long time ago. So, but then they, as soon as they, like, walked in, Katrina was like, do people report having bad back pain in here? And the guy looked so confused. And she was like, my back started hurting as soon as we walked through that gate. Like, hmm. so that was weird. And they talked about how, like, 300 operations would happen, like, every year. John Frankfurt was a horse thief that died in the hospital. <laughs> and he had been dissected by the hospital doctor named Dr. Bacon because the doctor wanted to see the inside of a criminal's brain and body. So that's That doctor it's needs also, to also, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he needs to be in the psychiatric ward He's for not sure. okay. Yeah. So that's a report of what people experience because the doctor was about Dr. Bacon. Interesting. Yeah. So that's gross. <laughs> and then they went to death row, which also people don't come to too much. Mm-hmm. I think like ghost tours probably don't go to all these places, but investigators have. Yeah. And up there, they say it's more violent activity and like more aggressive voices. Like I'll kill you. <laughs> like yeah. stuff like that. that They capture a lot. Uh, and then they were in the rotunda area and they heard some voices down a hallway and some music and then at the same time jack saw someone walk across the hall and he was like no one's over there right so the producer was like go (laughs) 
their producers had to tell them a lot what to do, yeah. which is kind of weird. But they went down that hallway and they found an old radio playing. Ew. And they turned it off. It was like a switch. Yeah. And they tried to turn it back on and it wouldn't turn back on. So they were like, that's hmm. weird. But that happened. And then they interviewed a woman named Amy and she apparently works the Halloween event every year. And a few weeks before the show filmed, so they were like, oh, this is recent. She had gone in a cell in cell block one and she heard a growl in the corner of the cell. And then she saw a shadow walk by the door and then she got pushed backwards in the cell. And she said ever since she was experiencing insomnia and like when she would sleep, she would have nightmares. And so, and she was like crying, like starting to cry while talking about it. And I was like, that's terrifying. This poor girl. Yeah. But she like likes working there. Like it's always just like, this place seems really cool. But then when things are like that, it's like, that's not fun. Yeah. So... Then on the show, they brought in a psychic named Michelle. She seems chill. Cool. Uh, she, they just let her decide where she wanted to go. The three places she took them. The hospital, death row, cell block one. Mm-hmm. Like without them saying anything. Like once they got there, they'd be like, okay, this is something yeah. we were talking about. But in the hospital area, she said she saw people being like forced to do things. And she said that spirits were telling her like, this is where you came to die. Like, so that was weird. Hmm. Uh, in death row she said she saw someone standing that was tall when they walked in and she said that there was something dark in one of the cells and that she was leaning towards it being something more inhuman up there Mm -hmm. because every time she would try to push and like lean into it something was pushing back and had a predatory feeling in cell block one she felt a change in pressure immediately before even walking in and she was like that's my sign that it's a presence of something in here and in the cell that they have experienced like physical contact a lot, she said she feels fear but excitement, Ooh. which is creepy to me. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. So back on the just like their main cameras, they also caught in cell block one, like the IR light of the camera was reflecting on a pipe or I think it was a fire extinguisher was hanging on the wall. Mm-hmm. And so there was kind of a reflection from the IR light, but that's not actually... Like, you can't see that with your eyes when you're yeah. in there. But they caught, like, a big shadow move over and block the light out and then go away. Oh. And they, were, they went into debunk and they're like, there's nothing in here that would do that. Like, it's still working. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was weird. And then they started to hear, like, knocks. They got some random voices on, like, a spirit box thing. It wasn't anything super interesting, but, like, it was working. Yeah. And then one of the producers went into a – they were trying to go into a cell because they wanted to get a cool shot – with his camera and he starts like walking and he's like nope nope I don't like that like he was like f that and they were like what happened he's like as soon as I started going into that cell to get the shot he immediately had like little voices whispering at him like close to his ear I hate that and he caught it on camera like you can hear like you can't tell what it's saying by any means but you can hear whispering as soon as he's tried to go in nope I hate that yeah it was so creepy I was like yeah I wouldn't like that either I understand why he was upset like did not want to be there so then Katrina went to the cell block by herself and Jack went to death row. He was like, I don't want to be here. Something like moved on the ceiling, but like it was just like a hanging thing, but it's like moving on its own. There was no reason for it. And he was like, I'm ready to go. (laughs) And then Katrina, her idea was to sit alone in a cell and put a hood over her head and have like a spirit box thing. Why? And then she asked the producer, she was like, how far can you guys go and like still hear me if I need you? And one of them was like, how loud can you scream? (gasps) And Ew. she just looked at him like she was so done. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're being creepy with wanting to put a hood over your head and like Ew. sit there. But nothing really happened. I don't yeah. think she just said it felt like it was getting darker and darker. Mm-hmm. But also she had a hood over her head. Yeah. So. But that was portals to hell. And now ghost adventures. And my first thing I wrote down was just like, no matter how many times I watched the show, Zach's fashion and hair never gets less jarring to me. <laughs> it's so ugly. He had like a silver belt buckle on with this he looked I so bad it. it was so ugly. Oh. but his shirt was so bad oh god printed it had black. it was like a, it was a black long sleeve like button up with like white yep with white um stitching on some oh, like an outline bad. kind of and you had like a little design on one side of the shirt and then the whole back was like roses and stuff oh like, gosh it was have we bad. talked about your powerpoint I don't know. Should we? I need to update it. Okay. At some point, if we do a Patreon someday, I should do a presentation of it. Katie has a presentation. It's well, called Why Zach Bagans is Not Hot. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons, but 
Oh my gosh. I'll show you what he was wearing on this later because it was really bad. <laughs> but anyway, so even even for like mid two thousands, it's like and it hasn't gotten any better. It's just gotten worse in a different way. <laughs> it's it's better that he's not wearing that. If he was wearing that now, yeah, it would be bad. What was my quote? My I had a quote about Zach Bacon that's on your list that we should say at the end of this. Okay, I'll find it yeah. while you're talking. Continue. Anyway, so they learned from a guide when they were like getting a tour of the facility that a guard was murdered by an inmate in his exercise yard and the inmate right after just went and took a nap. So Zach was like, that guy's a sick, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> And the guy was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, and that's where they also <laughs> found out that in the cell block, so the cell block doors in some of the buildings are really close to the railings. And so inmates could like reach out and push guards over so they put like metal bars across these little tiny like areas so that guards if they fell wouldn't fall very far like it was so that's what they said and it was like that makes sense because it is really tight up there yeah but uh and then in cell block 12 they said that a lot of footsteps have been reported in there along with a cackling voice which the guy said it's like so high pitched that people think it's a woman, but he's like, I'm pretty sure it's just a man in pain or something. And I was like, oh. that is so creepy. And he said it happens at night and during the day. So he's like, it can happen at any point. <laughs> that did not happen, thankfully. Yeah. And some of those things are almost scarier in the day. Yeah. Cause like you feel a little bit safer, safer. with the light. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I wouldn't know what to do. No. So. And then they went to Al Capone's room and while they were talking about his experiences, they caught something like tapping in the room. And they say that he's, he was haunted by a man named Jimmy Clark, who was a victim of the Valentine's Day massacre, but I'm not entirely sure. Okay. They didn't really catch anything in there besides like some tapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they interviewed a woman and they were in a shower room and she said once she was in there and she got hit on the butt. And so Zach said it's a perfect spot for Aaron. So and Aaron was like, are you kidding me? Uh, And then they talked to another, they talked about a guy that was provoking one time and he was saying names of people that like stayed in that cell. And then the guy was pushed out of the room. Mm -hmm. So by something and Aaron kept hearing footsteps while they were doing all this stuff. And they captured an EVP saying, I knew God. And so Zach was like, is he referencing the eye of God watching like the skyline? It's like, probably not. That seems like a stretch. Yeah. Uh, Then Zach and Aaron both heard a disembodied voice saying hungry. Okay. And Aaron said it sounded really creepy. And they caught it on the cameras. And then their camera in the hallway captured a voice saying hi and like a breathy whisper. Mm -hmm. It was kind of weird. And then in cell block two... They heard a noise coming from a room and they went to it and it had that chair torture device. Mm-hmm. And they were like, how long have we been looking for this thing for like an hour? Like they wanted to find that room, but they couldn't find it. Until yeah. They heard a noise. And then Zach, there was like a bar in the doorway, like halfway through the doorway, but Zach couldn't see it. And he hurt. He like ran right into it. And so Aaron started laughing at him. He's like, why are you loving at my pain? And I'm like, you laugh at his pain all the time, but no yeah, one feels true. bad for you. <laughs> but anyway, um, Sorry, I touched your foot. <laughs> uh, so noises. So Zach then wanted to get like tied up in the chair. He brought a chain with him. <laughs> so, but then they started like hearing noises out in the hallway, and they sounded some of them like sounded like doors opening, and some of them sounded like scratching on walls. Mm-mm. So that was creepy. And they caught an EVP saying "Get out" to Zach. Okay. Yeah. And then later, Zach asked if a spirit could knock, and immediately started tapping. And they caught more tapping in a different room after they were like trying to track it down. And they took several photos outside and they weren't catching anything. And then in one random photo, a doorway that was completely black looked like lit up basically Mm -hmm. and had like a white mist coming out of it. So that was kind of creepy. And they just kept, and then like they caught a few like disembodied voices when no one was in them, but it was just like distant like voices. So it's kind of weird. And now we're on to ghost hunters finish this out so there were they did it they did one episode there in their first season and i got excited because it said there was a second ghost hunters episode. they, they mm-hmm. went back to it but i watched i started that and it was only like the first like 20 minutes of it and they were just like tr- trying they didn't stay long and they had like a second case the second half of the mm-hmm. episode so i was like oh and nothing really happened so it's just the one episode cool but so one thing i noticed was one of so in our conjuring house episode 
on Ghost Avengers, they had brought in these two brothers that had investigated that house and like they were a demonologist and whatever. Well, the demonologist guy is actually friends with the ghost hunters guys and he worked on their team. And so he showed mm. up and I was like, I know who that guy is because <laughs> I watched him in another episode. But I think his name's Carl or something. What's up, Carl? Carl. Because uh, he listens to this. Yeah. Yeah. We're besties now. Yeah. So while they were investigating, also these guys just kept fighting on Ghost Hunters. Because if you haven't seen it, at least before, they used to do a lot of, they were like training new people mm -hmm. to be investigators. And they're a lot more scientific and they try to debunk a lot more than anyone else. Like they're very much like, if nothing else can explain it, then it might be paranormal. Yeah. <laughs> but they're very like, you got to be chill. And so they had a lot of newer people. And this is only like the fifth episode or something. So it's like all these people that are new. Mm -hmm. But there were a couple guys a cameraman and one of the investigators had gone in cell block four and I guess a large black shadow like came over their faces and they started running and yelling and they were so mad like because Jason and Grant are the two leaders and they were so mad at them. They were like, we tell you guys not to run. Even if you're scared, like you need to walk out calmly. They were so pissed at them and they were like all fighting these, yeah. all these men and I was just like, this is a lot. <laughs> And like later in the episode, a guy was like kept walking off and not doing their job. And they were like, he just keeps letting us down. Like we just can't deal with him anymore. <laughs> oh. And like basically just have to let people go because they're not their standard, which I'm yeah. like, at least you're like training new people and keeping them at a stand. And like you want, he's like, they told him that you can't run or anything. Cause if we're at a client's house, yeah. you can't act unprofessional. Like that's fair. So yeah. So that was one thing. I just thought it was funny how much they were fighting. Yeah. But then... They caught a couple. Th These are like the two. They caught more like things on video that mm -hmm. I thought were cool. So one thing is some of the guys, including Steve, my man, uh, they were in the death row area and they were taking pictures and they were had been taking pictures. Nothing was showing up. Then in like six pictures in a row, they captured this anomaly moving around like this like orby thing. Mm -hmm. But they were like, that's weird. There's nothing there. Like they could tell yeah. nothing was there. And then. It went away and then they went to another part and started taking pictures and they're like, oh, it's over here now and it's moving. So like that was something. And then they were viewing their footage from cell block. I don't know. One of them. <laughs> Never mind. But it was like one of the hallways just like outside the cells. Mm -hmm. And at first, their camera quality was really bad back then. Yeah. But it kind of looks like this mist-like thing is like crouching on the ground and then kind of stands up. Like you can see something moving and then move down the hall. And they were like, that's kind of weird. No one was up there. Like, no, like we weren't allowed to. Yeah. No one was above it. Like, it was just kind of weird. And so then they were all kind of like, okay, let's send it away to someone that can like clean up the footage and yeah. brighten it up. And they got it back and it looks more like a solid black thing. And it looks like it comes towards the camera and then turns around and it looks like a cloak almost and like go back down the hallway. And I want to show it to you later, but it yeah. was like so weird. It, it really looked, it was, I don't even, I'll just have to show you. And like, if I can get a clip of it to post, I will. But it's so interesting. <laughs> and so then they tried to recreate it because they were like, was there someone playing a prank on us? Yeah. But no one's allowed on, I'm sorry, I hit my mic. There's, it was like the second floor of something. And so they're like, can anyone have like done something from above? And they were like, mm -hmm. none of us are allowed on that floor above. And also if it was a prank, how would they know we have a camera right there of yeah. all the places? Yeah. And... So then they tried to recreate it with one of the other investigators and Steve was just like standing there watching him do it. And the guy had like this random black like thing hanging over him and other guys were watching it from the cameras and he was like, like I was just walking and he's like, it's not, he's like, I can barely move. Like I can't see guys. Like it kept getting over his eyes and they, they were like, and Steve just started going, just haul ass, just haul ass, dude, haul ass. <laughs> like, and the guy was like, I can't, I can't. He just kept saying haul ass at him. I love that. And they were like all getting mad that he wasn't running, but he was like, I can't see guys. <laughs> so they were like, okay, it's not, it wasn't a person. Like it didn't even look like it. Haul ass. Haul ass. <laughs> he just kept yelling that. It was so funny. I was just like, and they all have, they don't have them now as much. They had such strong, like New Jersey accents. And it was so I love that. funny. I love that. But they that. just kept saying, just haul ass. <laughs> so yeah, they, and then later the last thing that wasn't super exciting, but in cell block 12, Jay and Grant both kind of had like feelings of heaviness and they're like in separate parts and like they both kept moving around and they felt like they were like underwater, like felt really weird. And these guys don't usually go off of feelings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Jay saw a shadow on one floor 
and then Grant saw one above them and they were both like, dude, are you lying? Like they were like, cause they were like, we never see the same stuff really. Yeah. And they were like, I swear I saw it indifferent. So that was kind of weird. Mm. And my only bullet point from the second ghost hunters episode was Steve's sideburns were so bad. And Tango had an earring. <laughs> <laughs> if Katie but. is talking about something that Steve did wrong or that she didn't like about Steve, mm-hmm. you know, it's bad. Yeah. The sideburns were bad. Like she Kevin Jonas bad. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's a vibe though. It's not a good vibe. But he doesn't have the curly dark hair. He was like wearing a hat. And you just <laughs> see the sideburns. <laughs> that were really bad. And Tango had an earring. Yeah. I Tango love had an earring. Him. And he had like slicked black gel hair. Because he wasn't wearing a hat at the time. Because now he wears hats all the yeah. time. So. Weird. <laughs> he was so young. But anyways. Incredible. That was. Important. Eastern State Penitentiary. Wow. Everyone should go watch that footage of that thing walking. Because it's so weird Yeah. Looking. I want to see it. Yeah. So. That was it. It was a long one. But. I liked it. It was good. I think Do so. you want to know what your Zach Bagans quote was? Yes. Okay. Icebreaker on top of the sideburns. And Icebreaker? Earring. Icebreaker, isn't it? What's the word? <laughs> now I can't think of it. <laughs> Palette cleanser. Palette cleanser. I was like, icebreaker is not right. Guys, I'm a, I'm a youth leader, and so we do a lot of icebreaker questions. Um, your quote about Zach Bagans is actually kind of nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, you said, you can say a lot of things about Zach Bagans, but you cannot call him an anti-masker. <laughs> I... I'll stand by. I after I trashed him in this episode with his clothes. I'll st- I stand by that, and I do call him a lot of things. <laughs> and we still watch his show All every episode, and so. he's not an anti-masker. And I appreciate that about him. Me too. I will say that. And so, if he ever listens to any of our episodes and thinks I don't like him, at least I like you for being a non for wearing a mask and to being ahead of the times yeah. and making your team wear them masked up. King. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Joker. <laughs> I'm a lot like Joker. <laughs> that TikTok audio. Anyway. So, anyway. Anyway. Um, well, you guys, if you wanna uh keep in the loop on all the spooky things for the rest of October, then you <laughs> We're should not doing anything. Well, we're doing two more episodes. episodes. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. <laughs> then you should follow us on Instagram at something sick podcast or on Twitter at a sick podcast or on TikTok at something sick podcast. If you guys have TikTok ideas, let us know because we need to make some. Yeah. I literally have some audio saved from McKamey Manor to put on TikTok and I just haven't done it yet. We so. need to do them. Sorry. Or send us an email at something sick podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. And uh, yeah. Cool. We'll talk to you next time, homies. Keep it spooky. I knew you were going to say, I knew you were going to say that. We got to. It's October.